This podcast is brought to you exclusively by the Publisher's Desk Podcast Network and the Reality Check Podcast Network. Welcome to Does Father Know Best, a unique podcast with father and son hosts, Stan and John Wagland. We will cover a wide variety of topics and take an in-depth look into the world with a raw, real, and comprehensive approach from two different generations. And now, I present to you the hosts of Does Father Know Best, Stan and John Wagland. Welcome back to another great episode of Does Father Know Best. My name is John Wangland, Johnny Podcasting, the hashtag Scandinavian God. And I'm here with the Scandinavian heartthrob himself, the man with some wisdom, the man with the plan. He is my dad. Does he know best? We're going to find out today. Mr. Stan Wangland, what's going on, buddy? Hey, man, uh, I don't know how much more could go on, possibly, but uh, quite a bit. Quite a bit is going on in the world, and uh, it, it's it's like being in a time machine, man. It's like uh, I feel like um, I feel like Christopher Lloyd in Back to the Future. <laughs> we're gonna go back in time a little bit, then. Yeah, we're going back and we're we're bouncing back and forth in time, uh, back to the '60s and '70s. And what an amazing thing when we first started this show, what nine shows ago or seven shows ago, whatever. We've been doing this what about a month. This is our eleventh show. Our 11th show. Maybe I have dementia, folks. I don't think so. But, uh, you know, the first thing, the first show we had was talking about protests in the 60s and 70s, right? Yeah. And massive social change. And I talked about some things. Remember I talked about police riots? (laughs) Like I haven't seen this shit before. And now you've got people that have, uh, you know, kind of flipped out and everything else like that. And now people are demanding all kinds of social change like they did in the 60s and 70s you know whether it's uh we might talk about it on this show whether it's like uh going out in seattle and making it a uh you know a autonomous free zone or whatever it's being called out there or uh you know knocking down statues and different things so to answer your question there's a lot going on yeah a lot of new stuff for guys like you a lot of uh, deja vu all over again as Yogi Berra would say, for uh, old timers like me, some some wild stuff, brother. How are you feeling about it? What do you think of the big issues? Well, I think it's interesting times, man, going on right now. It's uh, I'd wish there was something else that we could really, really, really uh, talk about, man, and and, and just discuss. But it, it, it's just monopolizing what's been going on, and there's it's really just been the main uh, center of attention here for the last couple of weeks, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. So th- there's not a whole ton of other things going on other than the protest, uh, the George Floyd stuff, the the police force, Uncle Donald going off his rocker. There's just so much to it, man. It's been, it's been a lot. They're interconnected, aren't they? Uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, yeah. It, it's 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 really an interesting thing. It's like um, it's like when you have uh, when you're doing a diagnosis on a person and you want to tell people that. You'll have to say some things are co-related, you know, like one thing happens along with another thing and other things are interrelated mm-hmm. or intra-related, you know, and the, the shit that's happening now is interrelated. You know, the economy affects the politics, the politics affects the social strata, the social strata affects the job market, the job market affects, uh, you know, education. It, it's it's we're in it now man we're in it now this uh, there are times of peace and um you know where things are stable and then there are times of great flux i guess you would call it and man we're in it right now we're in the storm yeah this this one ain't going away no it ain't going away anytime soon man yeah, and, and you know, right around the uh, right around the edges of all of this, uh, yeah, uh, of this social change that I know that we wanted to talk about today, uh, you've got the coronavirus, and you've got the pandemic, and you've got the reaction of people in countries, and uh, you know, people uh, taking all kinds of steps because they're either sick of uh, of having to deal with certain things with the virus, of certain responsibilities that they can't seem to handle that or don't choose to handle it. And then you have the economic impact that people say, holy shit, 
uh, you know, do I stay safe uh, and wear a mask uh, or do this or that? Or do I have to go to work in a certain setting and put my life at risk because I'm going down the tubes? It, it's a very complex situation. But, There's but that's never been higher, according to Mr. Trump. Yeah, yeah, and it just crashed over a thousand points today. And economists, <laughs> economists are saying we we may not even be out of this for the next. They're not with the recovery that most every econ- economist now is saying is not going to be a matter of months or a year. It's going to be several years. Uh, so you know, it's this guy just wants to be reelected. It's like that jobs report was all bullshit. Uh, the, the, you know. The, the the thing is um, the thing is what's what's happening now is people are coming to the end of this three month cycle and now you're going to start seeing bankruptcies people having no jobs to return to um, you know or returning to jobs that are much you know of, of less wage um, and there's an interesting you know we should do this on the next show to talk about the fact that the stock market is not the economy the stock market is the stock market. What's going on? You have John Wangland, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at is Khabib Namaga Madoff versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. Did you really think it was just guys that like to discuss and analyze wrestling? I'm here to tell you there's a new chick in town. My name is Sunny Salem, and I am the host of That's What She Said. Get a female perspective of all the ins and outs of the wrestling business today. But don't worry, this isn't no prissy princess show. I hold nothing back. Check out That's What She Said on all major streaming platforms. Yeah, it's an interesting. It's definitely an interesting topic to uh, to kind yeah. of bring up in there for the next one. Yeah. Hey, if because you guys hear some, if you it's guys one of those just, things that people confuse often. Yeah, I, I have confused that in, in in my lifetime because I'm not a big economics uh, expert on everything, uh, and uh, it's it's easy to misunderstand in, in times of ter- terrific uh, you know problems. The e- economy can go really uh, really south. Uh, but the stock market can 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 do well. People are not if people were doing so well. For those of you who like to distort facts out there, uh, you know, say, oh, yeah, the virus is a it's a hoax. It's nothing more than the flu. No, it's not. You know, the economy is doing great. Then why all these stimulus packages? Why do all the why do we have now five point two trillion dollars worth of debt? Did you ever get yours? Yeah, I did get mine. I got a Finally. credit card. Yeah, I got credit cards because uh, I don't have my money from the IRS uh, deposited uh, electronically, not because I'm, I don't have PayPal or other things or other electronic devices that I use for the transmission of things. It's that I don't want the government, the IRS or any other kind of thing, having any hands on any of my accounts with my permission. Mm-hmm. That makes any sense to you. And you if know, you guys see me, are they looking to do another stimulus still? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Uh, and it's Mitch McConnell and other Republicans are are, are, are saying, hey, you know, well, we may not want to do that. You know, where's the money coming from? Actually, when you see the stimulus package and, and you see that dopey clown who's our president uh, telling you that, you know, I'm giving you this money. He puts his signature on it like we're taking his fucking money. We're paying for it. Absolutely. You're paying for it. You're going to pay. This is one you're going to pay for longer than I am. Thank you for the $2,400 that I got. Because uh, in my lifetime, I mean, you know, they're only taking the money out of, uh, you know, other benefits and other programs for Americans. And, uh, you know, the, the real thing that they want to do is give us the crumbs. And uh, you have to look at what is happening with big businesses. They're making money hand over fist or businesses are actually going bankrupt and they're taking the stimulus money and paying their CEOs. It's all over the news. It's all over the account, you know, and, you know, we could have done a story on Amazon, by the way, uh, this getting bigger, these big stock companies, they're getting bigger than ever because as the small businesses go out, these huge, huge, um, you know, giants like Amazon and Walmart and everything, that's that's where people are going. They're doing one click away. Well, the, glory of, 
the glory of podcasting is there's always going to be a million other times that we can do it because we always got a plethora of ideas and shows. That Absolutely. That's Absolutely. the beauty of it. Did we get out off there in the weeds or is this good stuff to talk about? I mean, it all no, ties it's good stuff to lead into it because there is a lot of things that are making some some rounds and changes. Now, one's been this kind of source of contention with people for a long time, and it's been mm-hmm. this whole debate about the Confederate flag, if it should still yeah. be allowed to be uh, prevalent around different uh, states in the United States, if they choose to put it up there. Yeah. And um They've they made a law this week about some things with the conf- uh, that's related to the Confederate flag and NASCAR's made a stand. So why don't you why don't you hit on it, man? Well, you, you know, you're the one who uh, brought that up. We were talking about that. I had I sh- shown you something the other day, a really interesting article calling, uh, you know, where do Confederate statues uh, go or where do statues go? You know, of, of things that change politically uh, or our perception of them. And I guess NASCAR is taking the Confederate flags, uh, you know, yep. off of anything to do with their their organization. Am I correct? Is that pretty much it? Yeah, they're not allowed to be. Uh, they're not allowed to be displayed anymore at any of the NASCAR races. Right. Which NASCAR races, uh, you know, people don't. A lot of people don't realize this about NASCAR. NASCAR is the most popular sport in the United States, mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't realize that it's the most watched sport. It's yeah. the most popular sport, and it's one of the most lucrative sports that's out there, actually, in right. the United States. Right. So NASCAR, primarily being in southern states and originating out of southern states, has right. always adopted the mon- the you know the the mantra that it was allowed to be posted. Now NASCAR mm-hmm. came out and said no more that it's not going to be allowed to be posted up at races anymore. Um, yeah. And a lot of people have said, you know, hey. This is about time. And then there's some people that are kind of arguing it. But I think a lot of people need to understand what the meaning of the Confederate flag is, because here's the debate always with it. You know, so supporters of the flag continue uh, to use its claim as a symbol of Southern ancestry and heritage, as well as it represents a distinct and independent cultural tradition of the Southern United States from the rest of the country. So mm-hmm. that's the that's the that's their debate always all the time that it represents the, the southern ancestry and heritage. But the reality of the situation was the Confederate flag represents the past of the southern era of sovereignty that they had down there during the Civil War, where the country was divided, as most people know, uh, due to slavery and their beliefs in slavery and, and race trade and, and race, you know, and all those things that came in, in in there. And Abraham Lincoln, I mean, we could go down a list and give a history lesson on the Civil War, but I think most people know it. But I, I think it's a real cheap cop out when people use that all the time, that it's a sign of their heritage all the time with the Confederate flag, that they should be able to display it for that. That that same debate then might hold true. What about people in Germany who would who would wave the Nazi flag and say that's a sign of their heritage? That's ridiculous. Yeah, it, yeah well, it, it is. And it's part of the and it is. It, it's part. It, it's one of those things that people have not wanted to confront because you, we're forgetting one thing. There's a lot of people in northern states who are just as racist as the people in the south. Of course, absolutely. And it's, and it's really not uh, a message about just the south. The Confederate flag just doesn't stand for that. You know, there's people up here where we live. That rock that thing out. Right, right, if you go to Maine, New York, right, you know, yeah. 15 minutes from where you are, you go to the main street. It's always offensive. There's several families who put out Confederate flags in New York. I mean, right on the main drag. No, that's a sign that is basically saying, I believe in the values of the Confederacy. I, you know, the Confederacy was was romanticized greatly after the Civil War. And people have to understand that. I mean, and I will give a history lesson on it. And you can read it yourself. You know, after the Civil War, there were many people in the North. There were many people in the government of the United States, the legitimate government of the United States, that, number one, wanted to hang Jefferson Davis, the president of the Confederacy, as well as Robert E. Lee, Mm -hmm. for being traitors, which they were. You know, they committed treason. They had sedition. They had an insurrection uh, and a civil insurrection uh, against the government which they had sworn, uh, you know, Jefferson Davis was a, a, a congressman. Robert E. Lee was the head of West Point. He was the guy that Lincoln offered the head of the army to for the, for the North. Mm-hmm. And he refused. So these are people, I mean, you know, that, that uh, you know, 
whatever you'd like to believe, whatever the side, you know, if you live in the South or your ancestors fought for the Confederacy, of course, you're going to have that bias towards that. Uh, but then you have to grow up and you have to realize that those were the values of 18 of the 1850s and the 1860s and everything else. When the Civil War was lost, you know, by the Confederacy, the Confederacy was in shambles and they had a period called Reconstruction. And uh, people didn't like it who were Confederates because they had carpetbaggers. They had people of color, black people who took over towns and things like that. Their entire lifestyle changed and they romanticized the Confederacy as this period of, the, you know, the, the great period of, um, you know, the antebellum South and all these things. And when they started getting back into power again and they started the Klan and they started taking over towns again and intimidating black people and everything else, they started putting in these statues. They started, you know, doing a lot of this flag waving with the Confederacy. And that was all as a message to other white people to say that, hey, the Civil War may be over, but it's not really over. We have these Jim Crow laws in. We're still going to rule the roost. And that's the way it's been, right? Mm-hmm. In America, that's the way it was when I was a little boy. That's why Martin Luther King and everybody had a, you know, I, we could spend the next 500 fucking shows here. And if people don't see that. Now, that's continued, and a lot of other people have continued with a softer version of that. They just have an affinity to that. The movies that we see, the, um, you know, things that you've seen from years ago, you know, the, you know that pandered to white Americans in those places. They sat there and, they, you know, they wanted to portray the South as, you know, basically kind of being loving, you know, and they took care of their slaves, you know, that kind of stuff. You even see in the movie, the famous of uh, the Alamo was John Wayne, you know, his big picture from the 60s. I was an usher in the theories, the movies when it was playing. Richard Widmark plays Jim Bowie in the, the his black slave. He's he's given him his freedom at the end. And then the black slave doesn't want to leave him because his master was so good to him. You know, that's all tied into that shit. Now, think of how uh, a, a, a black American, an African-American would feel. You know, dragged over here, uh, his relatives, his what 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 African American do you know? For the you know, there are some, I'm sure, but the vast majority of them, did they come here willingly? No, <laughs> no, they were here, and then their ancestors were here, and they were born here. You know, they. How do you think that they feel when they see that? And you mentioned a very good thing about the uh in germany you and i and everybody in america because we fought them america in world war ii do you think hitler was a great guy when you see people with the swat stickers and things like that you know the, these white aryan groups and crazy people don't like that volunteer groups don't like that did you like that in the military were you allowed to display a swat sticker when you were in the military John? hell no and you would have been kicked out if you did and if you had a tattoo like that, you would have had to have it covered or removed. Absolutely, one thousand percent. Something would have to be done to it. It's yes. the same way that if you're in high school, you're not allowed to wear jackets of affiliation with groups and things like that. So when you see a flag, you're affiliating with that group. You're saying, "I have an affiliation." And let's call an ace an ace and things what they are. NASCAR very much played to that crowd. Yeah, they placated to it forever. And. Yeah, they- they play to, yeah, yeah, that's their bread and butter. It, you, it's not people. They in the admit North that they it. did too. <laughs> well, and and yeah, and it's so let's let's call it what it is, and that's what the protesters call call it what it is, man. Now let's look at NASCAR for one second here. How many African American drivers do you think are in NASCAR right now? I was just going to ask you that. What two? One. One, yeah. and he was the one that championed for this, and his name is Bubba Wallace. So. His name is Bubba Wallace. He is the only African-American NASCAR driver that is actually performing in NASCAR. So he's the and here's this is just right from CBS News right here. And it talks about how he praised it for banning the Confederate flag from future races. He's the only full time African-American driver. He's been challenging NASCAR to get rid of all the Confederate flags in a move that's been praised by many who say it's a step towards inclusivity but panned by those who disagree about the flag's implications. And he's actually, for the, his race this weekend, he painted the sides of his car black in honor of the Black Lives Matter campaign that's been going on and everything like that. 
So he said in his thing when he talked about he gave a pretty lengthy interview about it. People could find it on, you know, and that he really hasn't slept much thinking about the race with everything going on in the world and that he wants things to change in this world in regards to people being, you know, so divided amongst one another. And he he said it's not about black lives matter. We're not saying other lives don't matter. Um, He said that, you know, we're trying to say that black lives matter, too. And NASCAR released a statement just before the race saying in part that the presence of the Confederate flag at NASCAR events uh, runs contrary to our commitment to providing a welcoming and inclusive environment. So they're admitting their fault there, which I I respect the fact that they're admitting their fault, uh, their fault for it, you know, in it. And, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with times in the way they are now. So why have they not done this in the past? This has been a long since debate. Now, you also have several uh, different drivers and people out there that have said that have openly challenged against them, uh, against them doing this. Uh, a, a racer named Ray Cicerelli. I've never heard of the guy before. Um, mm-hmm. He said, there are people that do it and it doesn't make them racist. Um, he called the move political BS and he announced that he was ending his NASCAR career, citing the changes. And one of the most popular NASCAR champions in recent times, Jimmy Johnson, says, it's not about politics. It's called, it's a personal thing. I know what some want to make it political, Johnson said, and all these injustices and equalities that exist. To me, it's kind of simple if we start with being kind first. Well, hey, everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did you have a bad day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us. Are you interested in spirituality and the paranormal? Do you enjoy having conversations about social issues and current events with a balanced and spiritual perspective? Are you intrigued by ancient prophecies and mysteries of the past or just unraveling modern-day conspiracy theories? If so, I would like to invite you to come on a journey with me on my show, The Spirit Side, available on all the major podcast platforms. I'm Paul James Caden, and I hope to see you there. You know, he agreed that with NASCAR's ban, it's a step towards the future. I think they have a place in history, and I think we need to keep them in the history books and not have them flying in the sky at the racetracks, too. So he's kind of given a contradictory statement there about that in in his own way, try to be politically correct. And, you know, I find it interesting to see that, you know, some people are still kind of going about this, especially in in their positions and saying, oh, it's nothing bad. There's nothing wrong with it. Come on, dude. You know, a couple of terms you threw around. I've been thinking about this, and I did this uh, on a show with uh, Just Thinking a few days ago, maybe last week. See, there's a segue for people to check my shows out, and it's called Right and Wrong Does Change Over Time. And right and wrong does change over time. Uh, You'll go to any major city, including the South, and you'll see parades for people who are gay, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Transgender people, uh, you know, all kinds of uh, changes with people. When I was a psychologist early in my career, until well on in my career, uh, homosexuality was created. I mentioned this on a dozen shows. Was considered um, a sexually behavior. Was considered mental illness. Yeah, but it changed, and it was in the DSM manuals. Yes, that's a diagnostic and statistical manual, and it was in DSM three, as a matter of fact. And I believe it might have even been in four. I'm not sure. DSM four still too. Uh, yeah, but here's the point. Here's the point. Cultures have a right and an obligation to change their mind about what their values are. Values change over time. And while it was very appropriate, uh, perhaps, in the South to honor the Confederacy or whatever, at some point in time after the Civil War, it no longer is probably a good idea to do that. And not probably it isn't a good idea to do that because in the 21st century with citizens in our country, that's offensive. It symbolizes a bad period in time for them. And quite frankly, a period of torturing people, maiming people. I mean, think of it, enslaving people. I mean, come on, man. That's what that flag symbolizes. Now, you know, it's the same when we get to the point about these statues. The Confederate statues never came up around public buildings 
or anything else like that until around the 1910s, 1915s, 1920s, when the Klan became so popular in America and so powerful and people really wanted to exert white power. Those, those statues of Confederate soldiers and things like that were pretty much only found in graveyards. Mm-hmm. To honor the people who had given their lives for the Confederacy. And you can't stop family members from honoring their family members one way or the other, you know. But to put those near public buildings and public squares and things like that, you can't. Or maybe you can, but you shouldn't do those things. And it's the same thing with NASCAR or things like that. You know. And I find there are other groups of people who have done that. And I have several of my friends who are very educated, who are very professional, very liberal, but they don't ever seem to get that. I know many, many people, they're always flying the Italian flag, for example, or mentioning, yeah. hey, no, I'm not, I mean, I'm not trying to offend any Italian viewers. No. Hey, Italy was one of the acts, you know, was not <laughs> one of the allies. It was the Axis with Italy, J- Japan, and, and uh, you know, Germany. Yeah. What do you think? You know, or the, you have the uh, Anti-Defamation League that Frank Sinatra was a big member of and with Italian people. Not everybody's involved in the mafia, right? You get a lot of people uh, coming from where I came from in Brooklyn, very heavy Italian people will sit and defend the mafia and sit and say, well, you know, they're no worse than the government. You can, You could always be safe. Uh, you know, walking in the neighborhoods, you know, you'd hear this from Italian people. It's like, what are you kidding me, man? You know, it's like right out of a Bronx tale. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's safe to walk in the neighborhood while people are, you know, organized crime and gambling and prostitution and drugs and everything else. It's organized crime. Why? Because it's Italian, it's okay. Or what about the stuff in our country with the IRA, with people who were Irish, mm-hmm. right? Donating to the uh, to the uh, you know Irish Republican Army, a terroristic else. organization. By yeah. the way, yeah. But mm-hmm. if you're Irish, it's not to, uh, you know. If if I was Irish, I wouldn't find the IRA is terrorism, right? They, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're Irish. They want the English the fuck out of there. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is these things you have to look at them at a point in time. And again, I will mention uh, you have the Jewish Defense and Anti Defamation Leagues and things like that. Uh, because uh, Jewish people are defamed all the time, uh, and they're very sensitive about those kinds of things. They they monitor the airwaves and shows and things, just like Black Americans should do. Uh, other people, when they're presented erroneously or in a bad light, or in a way that endangers them, and 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 think about that when you you know, it's like the use of terms "boy" and "son." I mean, I, I'm, you talk about a stereotype. I, I don't know. Is the black driver? Does he come from the South? Is that a you know what the is that a great idea to have the name Bubba, whatever it is? Bubba Wallace. Yeah, I mean, you know, is, does that represent? I mean, but you know, that's a stupid point. I'm, you know, it's just that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it's insulting. It, it's a funny thing. I would say for years, and I still say for years, uh, you know, that um, every time you see it, it's getting better now. But every time you would see a commercial with an African-American, a black person in it, the, the one that still goes on is the, the thing with the pine salt commercial. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, because yeah, because black people are the cleaning lady. Come on, man. And they have to have a head, head snap. Or every time somebody is, uh, you know, uh, if it's uh, for Popeyes or something, it's you got to have a certain kind of soul sing in the background. And then somebody goes, we come on, man, that's insulting to black people. I would think it makes me cringe when I see shit like that. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I mean, or, or, you know, or, or you see a, a commercial if it's a if it's a job for for technology, it's always some Asian person. What the fuck? Is that the only thing that they do? I mean, these racial kinds of things, things are symbolic that we have. And that flag is a big one, man. Absolutely. That that flag is a is a is, is not just this innocuous, in my opinion. It's not just it, it's it's just like you see people with, uh, you know, white supremacist kind of paraphernalia and skulls and death things and Aryan things. I'm Aryan. You're Aryan. We're Scandinavian and German, man. It doesn't get any more than that. I mean, we couldn't pick two of the more Aryan races to be part of. Am I correct or not? 
No, absolutely. I mean, we're like, if you walk around and look at us, man, we look like the poster. Jo- well, I do at least, you know, well, so did I. I people yeah. used to call me whitey as a kid. I had white blonde hair. I was like a poster child for the Hitler youth group for, for Jesus sake. It's crazy, man. It's uh, yeah, and and I'm not ashamed of that. Or I'm not apologetic for that in any way. I mean, that no, that's how we look. Yeah, that's who I am. But why should a black person feel that way? I wouldn't feel very good if there was some kind of flag out there or some kind of symbol out there that uh, that was saying that, uh, hey, man, I want to put your ass in chains. And that's what that stands for. Just like if I was Jewish and saw a SWAT sticker, man, I, I'd be furious with that. I'd be furious with that. It's wrong. And it's not it's not neighborly. It's not the right thing to do at all. And uh NASCAR, you know, did the right thing. And uh, it's it's like those statues. You, we don't have to hide history. We don't have to forget about who Robert E. Lee was or anything else. If he had some good points, yeah, you, history, if you're going to be a good historian, you have to say the good and the bad. But he did some bad shit as well as, uh, I'm sure, some very honorable things in his career. But we don't have to celebrate him in the 21st century uh, at the expense of alienating our other citizens uh, when the behaviors were were cruel and unjust towards them, you know? What is their plan on what, what are they going to do with these statues now that they're removing them? That was – I sent you an article on that, and it, yep. it, it's a really confusing one. It's a real slippery slope. Uh, in, in actually, the article that I sent uh, is uh, – I'm going to look up the name of this thing – it's uh, it's from um, uh, the, a conversation uh, by an author called Jordan Brasher and Derek Alderman, and it's uh, from this little series that they they have online called Pocketworthy, and it says a Confederate a Confederate statue graveyard could help bury the old South, and it says where do the old Confederate statues statues go when they die? The former Soviet bloc countries could teach the U.S. something about dealing with monuments from a painful past. There it is in a nutshell, right? Yeah. The flag, everything, it's a painful past. What do they do? Well, you have that in the Soviet Union, the former so- the Soviet former Soviet bloc countries. You have people who were um, the rulers of those countries and had great support for many years who were like dictators and bad people, you know, like Stalin and Khrushchev. And there were statues to them all over the place and in the Soviet bloc countries. So as the politics in those countries change, some of the people there have said, hey, man, I don't want to see those things up there because these things, uh, these people, uh, you know, were involved with racial cleansing and genocide, structural racism, all kinds of things. They killed millions of people, you know, so people don't feel good about that. But uh, people um, in countries like uh, Hungary, Lithuania, I'm trying to remember, Estonia. They've dealt with the statues of Soviet heroes like Stalin and Lenin and things like that, uh, where they have either put them in these out to pasture, uh, put them in museums uh, and, uh, you know, place these things as historical open air parks where interested visitors can reflect on the past. You know, just like anything else. I don't see anything wrong with that, do you? Uh, well, that's some people say. Why do we have to take the taxpayers' money on that? Just melt them down. I, I, I'm a, I'm a person who was a history minor and an English minor in college, as well as a psychology major, and I, I would agree. I do not think we should bury history. History. There's all kinds of murderers and terrible people throughout history. When you go to the museum of, uh, you know, natural history, or you go to the museum of, uh, of art, or you go to. Uh, any kind of a science or military history. We saw things from Saddam Hussein, right? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I've been well, all around his, his damn, uh, you know, things that he had all around his country, man, all of his different palaces. Yes, and everything in the mosque. Right. Yeah. Right. We had his cigars that were there. We saw all the, you don't destroy those things. They're part of, of history. Uh, so uh, yeah, I would want to, I, I would want to have things from Robert E. Lee. I would want to have things from the uh, Confederate uh, States of America. I would want to have their flags and different. I would want them put someplace for their historical value, not for their moral value. Absolutely. Like a museum. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think that's what the issue is about. They're not there as a beacon of morality. 
They're not something that we would want to praise. They, there's, it's something that happened, and it's something that we should preserve. Yeah, so no doubt about it. it. Yeah, but a lot of people uh, disagree with that, like these uh, new memorial landscapes, they call them. But people in Hungary, they feel okay with it. They don't want anything to do with Stalin or Lenin. They hate him. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it, and rightfully but, so. Right, that they're dictators. Yeah. But they don't want re-erecting uh, you know, the, the dictators in public places. And they say it's an affront to those people who suffered under totalitarianism. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so but they don't want to, you know, uh, uh, you know, knock it off like it didn't happen. So in Estonia, for example, their history museum has been collecting former Soviet monuments with the, like I said, this intention of making an outdoor exhibition out of them. OK, so for years, it says they've kept the decapitated Lenin and a nose, noseless Stalin among other degraded Soviet relics in a field next to the museum. So uh, it's a complicated issue, you know, it's uh, it, it's, uh, you know, we can't ignore history. Uh, we, we, could, we can't say that it, it didn't happen, but how we present it uh, and in what style may be, uh, you know, um, you know, something that's important. But well, I think it's something we have, like you said, something we have to remember and everything and displaying them proudly in, 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 in public squares and buildings, you know, where people are going. I, I don't agree with, you know, especially if they represent something of hate or bigotry or racism or a period of time of bad things. But for a museum perspective, what's yeah. the fault in that, you know? Yeah, I think we're obligated actually to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's kind of, it has a historical context to it as well. Yes, yeah. I don't think it does anything on there. You're not saying you support them. I mean, go look at paintings that are in, in museums. Some of the symbolisms of the paintings are completely off kilter, crazy things too. Are you going to get rid of the painting? You know, it's in a museum because of that. It was the belief of the person of an artistic expression. This is from a historical, you know, context here to look mm-hmm. at. It. Don't display it proudly above, you know. Like I said, at this at the city hall or whatever it is, but put it in put it in a historical museum where it might belong to explain that side of history. Yeah, it would be like seeing uh, people have things from Hitler. Sure, uh, Hitler Hitler memorabilia, German World War II memorabilia, Nazi memorabilia, um, SS daggers, all that shit uh, it has great great value. Some people say you shouldn't sell it; you shouldn't own it. Other people say, no, I'm not owning this because I'm a Nazi supporter. I'm interested in war. You know me. I'm a great person interested in all these wars in history. Uh, If I saw something that had to do with Hitler, I would have a real morbid curiosity about it, to be sure. It would give me goosebumps. I would want to see it uh, because he's such a fascinating uh, character. And I don't mean in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Would you, if if you had access to the private journal of Jack the Ripper, would you say because he was such a horrible killer, I'll throw it away and burn it? Or Jeffrey Dahmer? Uh, no, you would save it, wouldn't you? Absolutely, it's but, got uh, it's got great meaning to it. Yeah, it, well, it has historical relevance, mm-hmm. you know, in in terms of something that's happened. Uh, so again, uh, I think it's a great conversation and it shows you that as when society changes, rather than just having hatred or you know, split second decisions that some sometimes we have to uh, just think things through carefully and really be honest. And I think people who, uh, you know, love that uh, Confederate flag, I think they have to be a, a little bit more honest. Mm-hmm. Different things. It's like the Italian people that I grew up with who always were making rationalizations and excuses for the uh, uh, for, for the mafia, you know, or you'll see other people making excuses, um, you know, uh, making excuse for some other ethnic or cultural or some other group that they want to be affiliated with, uh, you know, they're rationalizing. They, 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 they just feel okay towards that. And hey, you got to face it. It's 20, it's the 21st century, man. It isn't appropriate anymore. And sometimes things are politically incorrect or incorrect. There's society. You know, they're, they're, I have they're, to challenge people, though. If you were to love those different uh, symbol, you know, symbolic things, such as the Confederate flag or the Nazi flag, and you felt like you had to display them, 
what is your reasoning to have to display them is what I is what I'm is what I'm curious on. Why do you have this deep love of it? What is what yeah, is it? I agree. Yeah. What, what 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 is it that that you love about it that you have this deep connection to it that you couldn't get rid of it that you have to have it? Why is it so essential? You know, that's what I'd, I'd love to know. I, I really would. And it's well, not a, could, it's I really would want, want to understand people with that. Well, it, you know, it's it, people try people pretend that they don't understand it. And that's a bullshit thing, because, you <laughs> you know, if you watched a thousand movies, I could show you two thousand movies on, on television or old TV shows or even current TV shows. And let's not let's get into the cop thing here, you know, with the cops being taken off the air. It's the same thing. Everything with cops that you'll see, every movie with a cop, the cop is always troubled. The cop has always been divorced. The cop has always drank. The cop always has a partner. One guy's the good guy and one's the bad guy. Good cop, bad cop. Yeah, good cop, bad cop. The cop is always grabbing, you son of a bitch, boom, don't you do that, Bill, don't hit him. What are you, crazy? That shit's (laughs) been going on forever, man. You know, starting with Clint Eastwood and Dirty Harry, I was there seeing the Dirty Harry the first time in the movies. I walked out of seeing that and my nipples were hard. Because, you know. Did you want to be Clint Eastwood? Of course I did. And everybody else in the theater did too, because I lived in New York City and crime was crazy. And people, criminals were getting off the hook like mad. Death Wish. What do you think with Charles Bronson? Not the, the new one that's out. The original one, Vigilante. Because crime was rampant. And I was a stupid kid when I saw that. And people were sick of it. So they oversimplified things. Wouldn't it be nicer if there was a cop out there who just did what you really wanted to do in your mind? So do you feel lucky, punk? <laughs> I got me here the you know 44 Magnum. It's going to blow your head clear off. It's the strongest here. Oh, man. Everybody ate that shit up, right? And hey, let's not exclude uh, African-Americans or black people. How about uh, Superfly? How about Shaft? How about all those black exploitation films? What were they watching? They were watching movies where, you know, the man, the mob, the this or that. They're all white guys. They're all evil white guys. They're all stupid white guys. And all the black guys were kicking the shit out of them, right? Mm-hmm. Every man, you know, people being, you know, for their race, for being for these ideas. That, that's old potatoes, man. That's everybody does that. Yep. It's not right. It's not right. It's well, you mentioned down. you mentioned cops. Okay, so yeah. cops is a long running show. Yeah. Uh, for those who have never seen cops, it's been on Fox for I think it's thirty three years now. Yep, thirty three years. So almost as long as I've been alive, or a long, you know, close to close to my whole lifetime. You know, thirty eight years old I am. Thirty three yep. years it's been on. I remember watching it as a kid. Um, I know you never watched it. I haven't watched it. Oh, no, no, no. I, I loved it the first season or two and it, when it was normal. When and then it, was it got like a documentary. And then it became then it became just what it is and was today. Just a, a, a show of mostly cops baiting criminals and doing all kinds of stuff and getting into areas they shouldn't and playing with people and setting people up and, you know, doing all kinds of stupid little shit to people. Uh, and portraying criminals, uh, you know, in all kinds of uh, ways, which they are many times, mm-hmm. but it never impressed me. It never impressed me after the first couple of seasons. And I, you know that you would hear me say that. And I, I'm very pro law and order with things. I want everybody to live in a nice, calm, safe environment fairly. I, I haven't seen it in a long time. I, oh, I, I, I've seen, they're always bear baiting somebody. Oh, they're I believe always, it. I, I've seen that they've um, I've seen they've had like there's a lot of repeats on all the time. And I think that's maybe the only times I've ever glanced across it was probably via that way, because it's just not a show that I ever really seek out to go watch. And then there's another popular show called, I guess, Live PD. I've never yeah, watched I've it. seen that a couple of times. Yeah, I've never watched it. I don't really know anything about it, so I can't comment on the show because I've never seen it. But I, I guess it's been on for a pretty long time, too. I think it was on, like, Court TV or something mm-hmm. um, or some channel like that. But yep. that's not on anymore either. Uh, so they're they're both gone. They both got canceled here. Um, interesting, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think, again, uh, I, I think when people look at that stuff, there are some moments that you see the police, you know, you, you see the, the, the stupid shit that they put up with all day long. 
because uh, let's let's you know let's not oversimplify things. It's like uh, if we were doing a show, I did just did a show on you know, do we need the police department? Of course we do, and and we'll never we don't have time enough today to get to the situation in Seattle. Yeah, there's a police freeze, and that's just going back to the '60s and '70s. That's another. We should do that next show. Maybe talk about. Yeah, that. yeah, let's definitely do that. Yeah, next. let's do that next show if you don't mind. But yeah, of course, in my opinion, of course we need a police show. But it's a question of, you know, how do you define policing? What should people do in their police? How they should act? And at the same time, you know, if you're going to be a policeman, who the hell did you think that you were going to be meeting all the time? (laughs) You know, a, a lot of your job is enforcement. What does the word enforce mean? It means to force somebody to do something. Enforce something. Yep. The word force is in there. And you're supposed to know that there's levels of force. You're supposed to have the, you know, it's like when you said, let the punishment, you know, fit the crime. Well, the intervention level is supposed to fit the situation. You're not supposed to take somebody for a goddamn selling loose cigarettes and choke them to death. You know, Mr. Garner in New York, you're not supposed to shoot somebody dead because they've got a fucking track, you know, their their, uh, turn signal isn't working. And the bastards have been doing that forever. You yeah. Know, beating the piss out of people. Or you look at that old guy in, uh, you know, the 75-year-old guy in Buffalo. Then all the cops are, oh, we're all resigning. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're giving you a message. We do it our way. It's our way or take the fucking highway. See how you like it when we're not here. That's a threat. I agree. I know. And I I'm agree. that you do agree. I respect the police. But in order to respect police, police have to act in a respectful way. Yeah, no doubt about it. You have to and you have to show what, the respect back. Yeah, do you know how many mentally ill people I've worked with in my life, how many developmentally disabled people I've worked with, how many angry parents who were denied eligibility or something else that came across my doors? Not once have I ever had a complaint. And, and I've been the guy in charge of how many of those programs? All of them. Never once have I ever had in my 40-year experience a complaint from a parent. Not once. Nor my colleagues that I work with under my supervision or when I worked along with those. Not once. And I know my friends listen to the show. They're part of that good record of behavior. Not once. Because we knew, and we weren't policemen, we were there to protect and serve people. We knew what our job was. We knew that people came in, they were upset because they had mental illness in their family, or they were mentally ill, or they had developmental disability in their family, or they themselves were dis- disabled. So what would our job be if they got hanky to, to, to yell at them or to act? We weren't afraid of them. We understood what our mission was. We understood what our job was. And we understood that we worked for them. Mm-hmm. Now, that's why I didn't like cops. When somebody if comes forget, up, if you see that them forgetting that all the time. Do you take the person who is the least in society, the person who maybe is a gang banger or a smart ass or whatever, and how about calling that person sir or ma'am? Maybe you'll be the one person in the world that shows them some respect, and there's a glimmer of an interaction between you and that person. I would always make sure, and I would always tell staff that I'd supervise. I'd say, "You see, the most ignorant person that comes in here, the most the, the most aggressive person, the most inappropriate. That's the person you need to spend your most amount of time with. That you have to give the most respect to. You should give respect to everybody, but you should be the most understanding to, because they're damaged in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Or they're not thinking straight. So if you're a policeman." What the hell did you think you were going to be doing? I mean, granted, you're going to be dealing with ordinary people that just are aggravated with you or rude to you or whatever. But that's how people get when they're upset. Surely other police trainers train you that. Didn't you get trained that way in the army? If you're occupying a town or a village, did you expect in Iraq that people were going to befriend you? (laughs) No. Did you get mad at them if they hated you? No. How would you feel if they were here? occupying your town. Most certainly agree, man. Well, sure. A professional understands that. Absolutely. I agree. There's nothing personal. It was what it was, man. That's how would I feel? 
Yeah, that's why good soldiers don't go around raping, pillaging, and shooting prisoners and molesting the population. Nutcases do that. Mm-hmm. Because you realize you could be you could be occupying a country today where somebody's your enemy. Twenty-four hours later, they're your ally. Yeah, they're your friend. Did that happen to you? Yeah. A couple of times, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So what's the difference with cops? That's why they're off the air. Because they don't do that. And when you see that shit now, it's very inflammatory. It's very inflammatory. That doesn't mean that they're, they're rousting everybody, that, you know, that people don't come up and they're crooks and cheats and uh, people of uh, low moral standing and, and, and poor behaviors and, and criminals and things like that. But that's the world. There's a percentage of people who are that way. So when you're going to be a policeman, that's what you expect to deal with. It's like I, when, uh, an old fashioned nurse administrator was walking down the hall with me one day when I was chief of service. And she says, oh, my God, meaning all the, the clients, the people that, that were in our institution that we work for who were developmentally disabled. She says, oh, they're so, God, oh, look, look at them. I couldn't believe it. This is an old woman. I said, yeah, it's almost like they're uh, developmentally disabled, isn't it? Well, I, I know she, you told this to me before. What did she say when you told her that? She thought I was being supportive to her. And I was trying to say, what the fuck is the matter with you? How did you think they were going to act? The average IQ of the people walking down the hall, these were profoundly uh, disabled people, maybe 20 or 30 points. You know, they barely un could understand, but, you know, th th these uh, who were actually wonderful people, but these damaged human beings, you know, with, uh, with uh, you know, damage to their central nervous system so profound uh, you know, through no fault of their own where they should be treated with the ultimate kindness, how they could possibly be berated for yeah. acting in inappropriate ways. The fact that they could do what they did was uh, a fucking miracle. They yeah. should have been praised. And, and, and how are you taught as a Christian person or as a good person or as a moral person? Let me eliminate yeah. the, you know, the least of you or the people that, you know, that should be treated the best. So don't you think that the military or the cops would be – don't you think that's what these people are asking for? You know, that's what I was always taught when I was in, you know, and that was one of the things that I always loved about it was that you were you were taught to be that way, to have that – you were told to be of the highest standards and to act a certain way, to, to hold yourself to that highest standard. And I always loved that about it. So did I see people that didn't always do that? Yeah, I did. But, you know, those people didn't last too long, man. You know what you're also told, though? Because the military has some similarities, I'm sure, to the police. But it has a greater responsibility because it really, really does protect the Constitution and protect our rights even more than the police. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But how many times have you really heard that old thing? There's the right way, the wrong way, and there's the Army way or the Air Force way. Oh, yeah. This is the way you're going to do it because I told you to do it. Yeah. And that's all a bunch of shit. We don't want to make any waves, blah, 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 because it's a bureaucracy like anything else. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to my show on should we have a police force, you should listen to the last part of that show that shocked the shit out of me by one of the biggest trainers of police on a site called Police One. He thinks that having a mission statement, pals, it's a bunch of bullshit that he talks about. We're all heroes. And when it comes down to it, it's all about guts and guns. <laughs> and that's that kind of crazy uh, mentality that looks good in the movies. It's great for the Dirty Harry's. It's great for all the cop shows and everything. But in reality, that's what gets somebody killed. Either the policeman or the person that they're there supposedly to protect. Remember when Mr. Floyd got killed, he was in police custody. And once he was in your custody, he had handcuffs on him. They and were supposed was, to. He was their responsibility. Supposed, of course it was. Mm -hmm. It was their responsibility to deal with him safely. If four fucking policemen can handle that guy safely in handcuffs, come on, man. Come on. Yeah, so, I agree. No, those people aren't jerking around. No. They're not jerking around. No, I agree. I, I most definitely do, man. I think it's a... It's just been it's been a tough couple of weeks and I hope to see more good things come instead of all the bad. But, you know, we're going to keep we're going to keep calling it like we see it here on the show because that's what we do. You know, we call it's it like time, we see it. Yeah, it's a time of change. 
It is. And I think it's a good thing to see a time of change. I, I agree. But times of change are not easy. And this was not a planned strategic change. This is a change that happens like the French Revolution. This is a change that like happened in the 60s and 70s. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, the, the world wasn't the same as it was when I was a boy in the 50s and early 60s. It changed overnight initially, and then it started changing uh, over a few years and it became a different world. And that's what's happening now. Oh, people no, absolutely. Are, people are not going to take any, this shit anymore. And you know what? Look at the look at these movements, by the way. We keep saying Black Lives Matter, Black Americans. Jesus Christ, every time I look at these things, sometimes the protesters are more white people than there are black people. Yeah. And that's a and whole other topic for another day on that one, because uh, we can yeah. we can we we can discuss people's feelings on that and stuff. And uh, that's a very interesting uh, debate. And discussion. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I think that's great. I think that's great because then it doesn't become black people saying, you know, Hey man, I want my rights. There's no question. Nobody should have to beg in two, in 2020 for their rights. Nobody, no, man, no matter how bad they are, a woman should be in a car or should be rousted like that, or should be choked out or anything that, that, or that just should not go on, man. We got spaceships going around, people going to Mars, Hubble telescopes, cat, you know, science, all kinds of shit, artificial intelligence. Come on, man. No hey, way. I'm with you, man. I I'm agree. Just, I, I like to preach on it because, because man, if, if, you, if that's what you think, you know, in 2020, you should be flying a flag of, uh, of 1820. Hmm. That you're out of your, you, you know, you're out of your, you're out of your gourd, man. I'm with you, man. I agree. Well, you better be. Great I'll show camp on your house. There ain't no flag going up on my house of so that shit. If it does, I'm taking over, man. Hey, I'm I'm telling you, I tell you to come over and take over because that shit ain't happening anytime soon. It ain't happening anytime soon here. Well, another great show, man. Anything you want to put out there to plug before we end up this episode? Uh, yeah, just uh, you know, it's been a just a phenomenal uh, run of week after week after week for the past month or five weeks with just thinking. And the, I, I want to tell people to keep on watching the shows. Have a great show uh, that will be out uh, tomorrow on the apology from the uh, uh, you know uh, of General Miley from the head of armed force of, of the chief of staff of the armed forces. And a great show on the police, a great show on right and wrong, just a lot of different things that are going on there. Trump versus the military, uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. People like the Jeffrey Epstein show uh, on that kind of thing. So check, you know, check through some of the shows. Uh, you know, again, the Just Thinking uh, stuff is um, really enjoying doing those and getting a lot of really positive responses from people on that. So, uh, you know, again, just just check out that show. And, and I hope you guys are liking this one. Well, we're having a good time doing it as always, man. Yeah. We uh, apologize for it being out a day late here. We normally get it out on Wednesday, but both of us had prior commitments last night and engagements that we had to do in different things. So our apologies on making it a day late. We didn't want to have to rush yesterday to get it done. So we wanted to make sure that we gave it the proper time as we always do. So that's why it's coming out on Thursday for those that were looking for it on Wednesday. And uh, we'll be back on Sunday with another brand new episode for each and every one of you guys uh, on Does Father Know Best. Make sure you rate and review the show if you would like to. Um, it's, it's, you know, we would definitely appreciate that. It helps out the show. So any ratings and reviews is greatly appreciated. Um, and it definitely assists us with getting this show out to the masses more. Check out the website, rcpodnetwork.com. It's got a one-stop shop for all the shows that we do. I do a bunch of different shows, whether you're into sports and wrestling, wrestling with reality. We do reality on there. I got a fun show coming out on Saturday. Um, it's, I do a hall of shame every week of people. So <laughs> it's great. And this week I have some great people that are getting entered into the Hall of Shame this weekend. So, and uh, it's not wrestling, it's all reality stuff. There is one wrestler that's going in, but she deserves it for other reasons. So, 
you know, it's not due to wrestling. So it's a fun show that will come out on Saturday. So if you want to hear who enters the Hall of Shame, the stupid idiots of the week, you can come on over there and check it out. And then on a positive note, check out The Road to Redemption. It's another great show that I do. I got a great episode coming out next week with a best-selling author. Uh, his name's Michael Ricard. He's uh, done some great stuff out there, and he's going to be joining me on the show. He's going to tell me a story about how he went from being a lawyer to a bank robber. That's not a right? big jump, man. That's not a big jump. <laughs> it might not be, man, but Mike's a great guy. I, I've known Mike for a while now. Yeah, That's a cheap joke. That's a cheap it joke. Is. Mike's, Mike's a like funny this. guy, man, and he wrote a whole book about his experience going from being a lawyer to a bank robber and about his experience in prison and what it was like and how he's turned his life around afterwards. So um, he's going to be joining the Road to Redemption next week. And I got a whole plethora of great episodes out on there. So check it out, the Road to Redemption. And then uh, you can check out all the great shows on our network, rcpodnetwork.com. So until next time, be good, be safe. I hope all of you are doing well with whatever you're doing in your lives, whatever is going on with you. I hope it's finding you in good spirits. And if it's not, I hope this episode turned it around for you a little bit. And we thank you all for listening to Does Father Know Best? We'll be back again on Sunday with another episode. So until then, be good, be safe. Thanks for listening, and we will check you out again on Sunday. Thank you for listening to Does Father Know Best? Please check out our website, www.rcpodnetwork.com, and follow John on Twitter at wwrpodcast or email John at wwrpodcast.com at gmail.com. You can reach Stan on Twitter at S-W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D or email him at S-W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D at gmail.com. And please make sure to subscribe to Does Father Know Best on your favorite podcast outlet.